Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Conquer the Gauntlet Pro and Strength and Speed owner, Evan Paris. I do have another guest also. Before we get to that, a quick word from our sponsors. So this episode is brought to you by Ufos. If you're not familiar with Ufos, they are the recovery sandals. They absorb 37% more impact than traditional running shoe foam. It's what I wear after all my ultra OCRs and especially when I'm getting when I'm tapering in for a big event. So today's Mother's Day. And we're about seven days out from Toughest Mudder, the first Toughest Mudder of the year. So I'm, you'll know I'll be rocking my UFOs a lot this week to try to make sure my taper is adequate enough so I show up. So yeah, check out UFOs. They've got a lot of great styles. They have sandals. They have slides. They have shoes. They have boots. They have clogs. A little bit of everything. And they just came out with some new color options, including white ones. Uh, previously, most of them were black with some sort of other color highlight. Check out UFOs, www.ufos.com. All right, joining me on the podcast, we have Chris Roglowski. Um, Chris came from a fairly, basically no athletic background, besides you know occasionally playing some sports in with their friends. Tried OCR in 2016, uh, first did a Tough Mudder, then a Spartan Beast, but didn't really start racing until the end of 2017. Her first podium was at the Beast, uh, Spartan Beast in Canada, which came in second. Uh, then she got a coin, which invited her to the World Championship for the second time at Killington. And finished the year with a third place Ultra Beast finish in Dallas. Over the past year and a half, she's run and won and podiumed in about 30 OCR races. So even though she's only been involved in the sport for a couple of years, already racking up an impressive amount of finishes. Um, and on top of that, she occasionally does other sports. So she's done a sprint try, done a couple of ultra marathons. She won her age group in both distances at NORAM, OCR World Championship in 2018. And... Many of you may know her from being on the Titan Games, which she competed in uh, earlier this year or last year? Earlier this year, right, Karis? Yeah, it was filmed last year, but aired earlier this year. Okay. And then also competed in Ninja Warrior, which hasn't aired yet, so we probably can't talk about that too much. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. In your bio, you said you came from a basically a no-athletic background, so just kind of really drive that point home. Tell us, tell the listeners kind of what you mean by you didn't, did you not play sports in high school or anything like that? I, yeah, I played no sports in high school or the little college that I did. I, uh, yeah, I mean, lived fairly active, but sports was not something my parents involved us in. Um, so yeah, just messed around, stayed active, didn't really, didn't do any sports officially. Um, my brothers all did sports, but they didn't really have us girls do them. So um yeah just kind of messed around and then I mean I, I've, I've uh I guess it was my grandpa did marathons and so my mom would always say I'd be a good runner but never really tried it and it wasn't until I started a my sisters and I did a tough mudder and I was like oh like this is really fun I you know I'm not good at or I never considered myself good at running and I disliked running but um breaking it up with the obstacles was really fun and it you know made it a little more interesting and I was like but it took me, it wasn't until, you know, the end of 2017 when I realized like, oh, there's a competitive side to this and, uh, you know, it's something I could actually like train for and get good at. So 
So when you did that first Tough Mudder, was it as a group and you just kind of jogged with your friends? Was that the... Yeah, so it was my with my two sisters and a friend of ours who had broken his, or he sprained his ankle the night before, and none of us knew what to expect. We were just going to stick together and have fun. We walked a good majority of it, and I was a little, I was pretty underwhelmed because everybody had been talking about, you know, mud runs and Tough Mudders, and, you know, a couple friends on Facebook had done them. And we did it and I was like, none of those obstacles were crazy hard and everybody walks it. Cause of course we went in an open wave at like noon or something. I was like, everybody walks these and the obstacles weren't anything crazy. Um, so I was a little underwhelmed, but then I'd heard Spartan was harder. So I was like, well, I want to try Spartan before I like, you know, pass judgment and just move on. <laughs> and how far after, how long after that first Tough Mudder did you actually start training? Um, the first Tough Mudder, I didn't, so I did, a, I did the first Tough Mudder at College Station in May, um, and then of I did that, of 2016, yeah, yep. and then I did a, the Dallas Beast at the end of 2016, and then I was like, I wanted to get a trifecta, and I didn't realize it had to be in a calendar year, so the following year, 2017, I did the Austin Super at like the end of May, and then... I moved out to Virginia for the summer and did the Virginia sprint. And I was like, well, there's my trifecta, but I met somebody at the Virginia sprint who, um, and that's where I heard about the ultra beast and heard about like, there's elites that like travel around and do these and win money and all this. So that kind of like opened everything up, but I wasn't able to race much over the summer. So it wasn't until September, um, September, 2017 is when, I kind of like tried to train some over the summer, but it was really just kind of running more. I didn't know what I was doing. So I went up to Canada because it was, you know, not too far of a drive from where I was in Virginia. Went up to Canada and did the Toronto. <laughs> Seems like um, a far drive, maybe. but okay. <laughs> I mean, it was like seven hours or seven hours to the border. Okay. It was doable or to me it was doable. Um, okay. So I went up there and it was, it was only like three hours over the border. The race was so. Went up there and still, you know, didn't know anybody up there, but I'd heard, I decided to run in the elite. Oh, I volunteered and ran in the elite. So that's what I was doing was I was volunteering. So I volunteered and you pay like 30 bucks to upgrade or back then you paid 30 bucks to upgrade to elite. So I ran in the elite and was like all excited to do a race like competitively. And so I just started out fast and stayed fast. I think I fell off the Z wall and that's where I got stuck in second, but it was it took forever and I was dying. And it was also during the Canadian championships. It was like their Canadian championships race. So there were a lot of other people that were already on the course. So I didn't even realize I was in second until I like came over the finish and was like, Oh, I'm in second. <laughs> like, this. And so I think, but that also like cleared out some of the competition with a lot of the more competitive people in the Canadian championships. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was my first podium. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like I want to do this again. So then I, uh, I had decided to do the Vermont race and I didn't realize it was the, like the hardest Spartan race at the time or whatever. So I went and did that. And I, but I realized that like maybe, you know, soon after the, the Canada race, Killington was a week later. Anyway, so I realized that and I was like, Whoa, what did I get myself into? But I had a lot of fun at Killington and you know, since then I've heard about like, Oh, what other, how the course has been in the past and all that kind of stuff. But I came in, I think I was like, fifth or sixth on the elite females and I'd heard about or I learned about the coin thing when I was in Canada because I met some racers up there anyway so it was a whole that whole end of the year was just a process of like oh what and like 
just kind of learning stuff, figuring stuff out. You know, I had no idea what I was getting into, but I was like, this is fun. And I found the whole, you can volunteer and race for free or, you know, you know, it was like 14 bucks insurance and then, you know, you upgrade to the elite. And so started doing those and, and then it was, uh, yeah, came back to Texas and did the ultra beast. That was the hardest race of my life, probably still to this day. Just I had a, I'd gotten back. I was staying with my parents in San Antonio and just kind of like lounged around for the month before it. And then it's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and well, my, my plan on that, my thought was like, well, you have 24 hours to finish it. And I was like, I've never done 30 miles before, but like I can do it in 24 hours. And so that was my plan going into it. But as soon as we started out, turns out I'm like, I have a competitive streak. So as soon as we started out, I was like, oh, like I'm going to, you know, we started out at 6 a.m. This is when there was freezing cold. And I, you know, started out going fast and I stayed in first place for the whole first lap. And then Jackie Rust at Texas, uh, I think she does a lot of long dis- longer distances. I don't know. She's re- she was on the pro team, I found out this year. Yep. She was on a couple, couple years ago. She was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she passed me up in transition. And then I, and then I did the, the extra lap. Anyways, I got lost, but came out in third. I almost died, but I did, did come out in third. Only because I was just like, well, I got to get this done. Well, you obviously belong in the elite heat because, I mean, you're just racking up podium finishes. But kind of what was the, when, when you were like, all right, did you just, when you first signed up for your first Spartan, were you like, all right, I'm just going to the elite heat because I'm competitive? Or was there like a... Oh, no, no, no. No, so, yeah, the first one I did, the first beast I did, I signed up. I just did open and I ran at like noon, I think. And this was the October beast. And there were like foot long fish in the uh, Creek from everybody going through it. All these dead fish were floating at the top of this Creek. Anyway, so I started out and I was, you know, I had no idea what I was doing, but I paired up with a, these two guys that were running it too. And they're like, are you running it alone? I was like, yeah. And they were a CrossFitter and a marathoner. And so, and I think it might've been their first race too. I don't know, but I stuck with them for a lot of it. And we just tried to like, run in between the obstacles and of course it was you know in the open way so there's a ton of backups and everything but um and then we hit the bucket carry and the bucket carry everybody was pausing like every three you know every couple steps to rest it and all this so I like made it through that and again was kind of wasn't super impressed with like you know nobody's running fast and nobody's like trying to finish and it was you know they're expensive and it's just kind of a you're running along trails and trying to do these obstacles I could barely make up the rope climb because I'd never really climbed ropes before um but then and then but it was it was fun enough I there was there was a mixture of like I was born to do this like this wasn't that hard for me it was fun and then also like um you know, wasn't that impressive, but because of that, like, this is really fun. I wanted to do that trifecta. So then at the, uh, I went and did the, the following year, I did the super in Austin and I dragged my sister out and we had work later that day. So we signed up for the elite heat. And as we're standing there, like at the back of the corral, just kind of like, okay, like, let's get this over with. The announcer was all like, some of you are here to, you know, to prove yourselves and to make a name for yourselves and all this. And we were just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, it's just a mud run. Like I had no idea there was prize money and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> anyway, so awesome. we did, we did that one. And I think we finished, I waited for her. She did, she's shorter and she did a lot of burpees. And I don't know that I failed anything. The tire flip I remember was really hard. 
I, I wasn't really like, I still had no idea what I was doing. So I don't remember a whole lot, but I don't, I didn't fail a whole lot, but she did. And so I waited for her through all her burpees, but I was wanting to like, let's, you know, run this. Cause, because, you know, in the elite heat, everybody's a little more competitive. Everybody's actually running. And it was, I think we finished, I looked back at our, our results. It's definitely the worst race results ever. Um, but I think we finished in the twenties or maybe we were like the 30th elites, but some, but some guy there, we were younger and he was like, you finished really well for your age. Like you could probably qualify for, you know, this OCR world championships and it's just up in Canada. And I was like, I thought it was interesting, but I had no idea. Um, so it wasn't until I did the sprint in Virginia and I volunteered and ran the open wave, but I got like one of the fastest open wave times. Like I've tried to run it really fast. And I met a guy there that was working for Spartan at the time who's from Texas. Um, anyways, that's where I kind of, I think that's when I grasped the concept of the elite wave and there's actually like money when you win and there's these, you know, prizes and all this. So that was when I decided, okay, I'm going to sign up elite for the next race. All right. Now, yeah. That, Progression there. So you've had some, some really good success in Spartan. And I feel like a lot of people who get that initial success in Spartan kind of never, never leave that brand. Like they just, they're like, all right, well, I'm good at Spartan. So that's, that's what I do from now on. And they, you know, since you buy a season pass and then never stray outside that. But I know you've podiumed in a lot of other races. So what made you want to try other brands rather than just sticking with Spartan and kind of follow that route? A friend had signed me or a friend and I were going to do a warrior dash like two years or, you know, two years previous or something. And it had been, it had gotten rained out, but I still had that warrior dash, um, entry. So on my way back to Texas from living on the East coast, I did a warrior dash and I think, yeah, that was my first other, um, race brand besides Spartan and Tough Mudder. And I thought that was really fun. Um, I think it was probably at the ultra beast is where I met Matt, who's now my husband, but he had been racing for several years and knew all the different races. And I think probably meeting him, meeting the Lone Star Spartan people is where kind of like light bulbs exploded. And I was like, oh, there's all kinds of races to try. And I just wanted to try them all. I wanted to do them all because I heard, you know, positive and negative things about so many other race brands. And I was like, well, I want to try it. So, yeah, I guess it was the following 2018 we just kind of looked up all the races we could and got deals for as many as we could and just raced them all. Um, but that, that, I just wanted to try everything. I was like, these are so fun. I'm enjoying these. Like, what else can I do? You know? Yeah, no, I think that's a great attitude to have. I just, like I, like I said earlier, I think there's a lot of people who I know, I know several people in Spartan who find success and then they're like, all right, well, I'm never doing anything else besides Spartan. It's like, eh, the, the OCR world's a little bit bigger than Spartan, but yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure. It's probably just the people I met and enough of the people that I met. I don't know where I, because a lot of people have a negative view of Spartan and I'm not sure where I picked up on that. But at some point, I, it was probably from the Lone Star Spartan group and all these people have done all these other races that are kind of like, yeah, Spartan's okay. But I was like, okay, like, what are these other races? You know, what are we going to, what else is there to try? Um, so yeah, I've done almost every one or every one that I could, I think. I did a terrain race. I've done two warrior dashes. I've done a rugged maniac. Um, the Tough Mudders, the Spartans, conquered the Gauntlet, Savage Race. I think that's maybe it. Cool. But, um, 
Well, what do you have planned for 2019? Because it's still pretty early in the season. Yeah, 2019. Um, I'm doing Spartan Austin next weekend. Um, the following weekend, I am flying out to Ohio for American Ninja Warrior. Um, the weekend after that, I was going to do a Conquer the Gauntlet, but something else came up, so I probably won't be doing Conquer the Gauntlet. Maybe I'll do a Conquer the Gauntlet later in the year if a location works out. Um, I'm going to do the Dallas Stadium Race. I've, I haven't done a stadium race yet. I forget what came up last year, but I wasn't able to do one. So I want to try a Dallas stadium. I, I don't think I, oh, I might do a Savage race in July if I can. And then August I have, um, our gym out here puts on the grit gains. So I'll be doing the grit gains. And then the weekend after that is North American championships. Um, I'm doing a hundred miler in August. Just throwing it in there. Just <laughs> just throwing it in there. Um, I might do. I did a 50K in April. I did a 50 miler last year, 50K in April. And that's it on the, you know, it's just kind of on the thing of like, whoa, people do that. Like, I want to try that. Um, so the 100 miler is one here in Texas and it's called the Habanero 100. Yep. And it starts at high noon. Have you heard of it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a fairly well-known race. I've not done it, but um, I'm... Yeah, go ahead and tell people about it. Yeah, I went out there. It's a, um, yeah, it starts at high noon and you have until I think eight or nine, maybe 10 in the morning to finish, but it starts at noon and you run through the heat of the day and then overnight and finish up in the early morning. And the distances, I think they have, they probably have the really short distance, but they also have the 50K, 50 miler, 100K, and 100 miler. And they have the option of doing them in relays. So you can have like, I think four or five person teams and run, you know, trade off on running laps. So I went out there last year and two, there were two groups that I knew that were doing the relays. I think one was doing a hundred K and one was doing a hundred mile relay. And I just ran laps with them for fun. And I was like, this is really fun. I like the terrain. It's through sand. It's hot. I love hot races. Like I, I don't do well in the cold. I take the hot any day. Um, and it was just really fun. And somehow I was like, I want to do the, full hundred mile next year so cool. i don't know i may regret it but i'm excited <laughs> about it for now <laughs> well best wishes and definitely plan some good recovery time and afterwards i think um yeah it was take a lot they take a large toll physically and mentally on your body uh, than some people yeah i found that um the 50 miler and the 50k this year definitely took a toll on my body and it's taken the 50 miler took until about june to finally get back to normal I, which I ran too many races, not feeling right. My knee and my knee, I think it was mainly just my knee that was off. Um, it was my IT band that was causing issues. But anyways, yeah, this year I had my foot and my knee were really gimpy until just like two weeks ago, maybe. So I'm back ready for the race weekend next weekend. Good. That's good to hear. And you have, you said you had Norm on the schedule again, North American OCR championships. Yep. Planning on Norm and then September, I don't have a whole lot of concrete plans yet. Still that's still up in the air, but then October we're planning to uh we went out to England last year. We're going to go out again this year, so we're planning on England. Um we might hit up the Ragnar 
relay hill country hill country ragnar relay in october and then we're also going to do the dallas i think i'm going to do the ultra beast again i swore i would never do the ultra beast but i basically did it last year last year i i swore i'd never do the ultra beast but i ran the beast and then matt was doing the ultra beast so i went and did the whole second lap with him and i was like well it wasn't that bad may as well race it again next year so um ultra beast in dallas um not sure on november yet and then I think I'm going to do a hundred miler in December. Uh, which one? The Brazos Bend. Yeah, that's the one I did. Oh yeah. What did you think about it? It's good. It's, I mean, it's super flat. Um, super flat. 25 mile loops. So it's, you know, most of it's fairly runnable. There's a couple of parts that are, the ground was a little bit soggy. So you kind of had to schlep through that, but it was, um, yeah, it was cool. And then there's alligators, like literally like five feet off the road, off the trail. Yeah. And they so just you watch you. doing the hundred miler there and you didn't notice any like adverse effects. Like you weren't any more dead. Cause that's where I've done my 50 K and my 50 miler. That park is like 40 minutes from where we live. Mm-hmm. And part of me thinks that my issues um, recovery wise have been from the terrain. Like it's not, it's not really like a trail. It's a gravel a lot of it is gravel. Some of it's even paved and the flatness, I think maybe like have negative effects on me. So I don't know. We'll see. I haven't signed up for that one yet. Yeah. I mean, the, so the benefit of the flatness is again, you, it's easier to run on flat typically than elevation. The bad parts are you're going to, you know, with when there's a little bit of elevation up and down, you'll naturally take walk breaks because the terrain kind of dictates with a flat course, you tend to not do that. You just kind of run you, because you can, and it's easy. So I've heard it also, like, you, you use all the same muscles. Yeah, so I did a 24-hour treadmill OCR this earlier this year for charity, and, like, I was like, oh, yeah, flat treadmill will be great, and it just it just decimated my body. <laughs> I did not do I – I was doing really good for the first 75 miles of the Brazos Bend, but it was a month after World's Toughest Mudder in 2014 – and I had not fully recovered. So the last uh, 25 miles of my race took a very long time. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, a, that was a painful one. But yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a good beginner one. I would just plan for walk breaks earlier rather than waiting until your body is had enough. That would be kind of my one, yeah. my one input there. So you did Noram pretty early, I would say, in your OCR career. And then on top of that, did really well. So what was kind of your opinions on showing up to an event like that? Because, you know, there's a lot of obstacles that are pretty unique to that specific brand and are not really available anywhere else. Yeah. Um, I heard good things about it. Heard good things about the race. Obstacles were definitely, of obstacle course racing, I am probably better at obstacles than I am at running. I think obstacles are just kind of easier to pick up than running is. and Coming from zero running, it's taken me a lot to figure out running, training, and like getting better at running. Cause I, you know, I'm pretty, I can go out and run pretty well, but the whole training part and figuring out like actual a training schedule, a training routine, all that kind of stuff. I feel like I've had really slow progress in running. But obstacles, on the other hand, really fun. They're, they're more enjoyable to learn than running. And, um, I found out, you know, I was pretty good at them and especially working on some at, a, at our gym, we have a lot of obstacles that 
he's built and um just you know training on those having fun on those just climbing around on things in general is absolutely my thing so i'd heard the obstacles were really good i think that was maybe the first mandatory completion race that i'd done um but i'd heard things about like oh it's mandatory completion and so you know if you're the obstacles you have a good chance getting through anyways i yeah i just liked how it sounded and so i i went and did age group since it was my first one and um yeah I, I really enjoyed it all i liked i liked the variety in obstacles and um also that they kind of took from other races i'd done battle race in louisiana last year and they have that um what is that one where you jump from platform to platform kind triumph of jump to a slanted yeah triumph or dragons Tri triumph is their name for it dragons back is the a european name for it yeah yeah so i'd done that one and i'd heard that one was really like you know it's a big mental thing i'd done that one at battle race and i thought it was a blast so yeah going into i was i like the obstacles and that was definitely the draw for me is like obstacles mandatory completion like that's up my alley for sure nice so that's good to hear we're big fans of mandatory obstacle completion on this podcast so yeah yeah i uh, a lot of people hate on spartan and dislike spartan and I'm not a huge fan. I dislike the burpees and the fact that, especially I've seen this year, they're or in the past, they're really not strict on burpees and they're not strict on form and people skip burpees all the time. And then seeing this year, they're trying to like buckle down on that and they're throwing out like 10 minute penalties for not full extension of the burpee. And I'm like, there are so many elites that don't do the full, you know, don't do like a proper burpee. And like, since when has Spartan cared about burpees, but now they're being super picky about it. Anyway, so I, I have my own, I am not a huge fan of Spartan, but Spartan is the biggest, you know, like most recognized race. And no matter how like frustrating some of their rules are and their little nitpicky things, like it's a well-run event on a consistent yeah. basis. And I, you know, that's, so I never, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know. Like touring the country doing Spartans is kind of eh, but I enjoy hitting them up when I can because they're good, well-run races. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you definitely hit on some some great points there. Yeah, they're the they're the leaders in the industry. They have the most prize money. They broke grounds with most things in the sport, like getting people on TV, having a pro team, all all that good stuff. Um, giving yeah. large cash prizes, yeah. right? Like, just a ton of good stuff. I feel like, you know, because they kind of built their empire on burpees, I feel like they are very hesitant to get rid of them when I feel like you could just, you just get, yeah. like, you don't, you don't have to get rid of burpees for everyone. Just get rid of it for the elites and switch to mandatory completion. But, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's what they built their brand on. And, you know, they, I think they do it. The other part of with burpees is it allows you to push more people through an obstacle because you can't try it a second time. You're not allowed to. So yeah. that means you do yeah, it once yeah. and you have to move out of the way. So it prevents those lines that you would see at a mandatory okay. obstacle completion course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, yeah. personally, I like, I'm personally, I'm not a fan, but I recognize all the great stuff they've done for the sport and I would hate to see anything bad happen right. to them because again, the, you know, like when I, when I try to tell, tell people what I do, I'm like, it's like Tough Mudder or Spartan. And they're like, Oh, and typically they've heard of at least right. one of those two brands, you know? Um, oh yeah. 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 I think everyone from the, I think every brand basically benefits from having them 
around uh kind of raising the publicity level overall for sure a lot of people know you from titan games so we haven't really talked about that i did watch a couple episodes and it was pretty interesting i'm not a big tv guy so i did not watch the entire season but kind of i think we're about to do some spoilers here so if you have them dvr'd you might want to pause the podcast right now but kind of tell people what that experience was like and how you did on the show yeah um where, where do you want me to start? <laughs> yeah, Just, let's go with, uh, let's go kind of explain the show to people and then explain how you did. And then we'll go with the background stuff later. Okay. Um, just explain what it is. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Titan Games. I heard about it. I guess the applications came out in like January of last year. I didn't hear about it until like mid April. Sent in my application just because I heard they were wanting females. I, yeah, I, I don't know how I got it. It's kind of sketchy, but um, it looked interesting. There was a big prize money and the rock was involved. And that's kind of, I was like, well, I'll throw, throw my name in the hat. We'll see how that goes. Um, they ended up, I think I was still kind of like a last minute selection because some people got called back like the day after they sent in their application. But I think they called me about two months later and they were like, hey, we, uh, this guy, he says, you know, I've been going through thousands of applications. You're what we're looking for. Like, let's talk more. Anyways, we went through the process of just talking. Um, It was really, it was really strange going into it because they, we had no idea what it was going to be about. Like there was a basic fitness test that they'd said like you need to do. And, um, but, but there was no, like we had no idea what the competition actually was. Like, what are we signing up for? And nobody really said anything. Anyways, they flew, um, they, selected i think just over a hundred that they flew out to la for a combine where they did a like physical test um there were four aspects to it it was a like a short little obstacle course that basically was balance beams i think a six foot wall an eight foot wall you crawled under basically like a barbed wire crawl but not barbed wire but you know the concept um and then like we've oh you pushed a sled weave poles and then it was basically like a hercules her hoist, whatever they call that, um, like from Spartan Race, but you're pulling a barrel up. Anyway, so they did a, they did that, and then they did like your max deadlift. Um, they did a kind of a sketchy version of a VO2 max test where you're just on a treadmill and you're you know raising the elevation and running faster until you burn out. And then they also did a little monkey bar thing. Um, it was like 10 monkey bars and you go up and down it as many times as you can in a minute. So I showed up out there and I got picked up from the airport with a power lifter who deadlifts 450 pounds and a cop from North Carolina who's like a CrossFitter. And these girls were huge. And I got in the van with them and was like, yeah, I'm in the wrong place. Like, this is a joke. Just send me home. Like, because I'm not like I'm decently strong, but I'm no power lifter, no crossfitter. Um, and then even at the, you know, running into other people, because they put us all up in a hotel and running into other people at the hotel, I was like, okay, like I'm out of place here. Um, but I thought the the test, the physical test was good because the monkey bars, of course, I did really, really well at. There were all kinds of people that shredded their hands, just like lost, like not just their calluses, but like whole strips of their hands from trying to stay on the monkey bars for one minute. Um, and of course, I, you know, that was my thing. I was like, that's not too bad. The obstacle course was fun. The deadlift, I had never really deadlifted before. 
but I had to know my one rep deadlift max. So like the week before my coach was like, Hey, like we need to you know, find out what your deadlift one rep max is. Um, and then the VO2 max, like I was like, that's kind of my thing. I can do that. Anyways, waited a couple weeks after that, they called us back and I'd made it on the show and still nobody really knew what we were getting into any of that. Um, just that I think some people, some people had asked the, like the, the van drivers what it was going to be about. And they had said it was, or somehow somebody got the, or they asked producers, but they thought it was going to be like the, um, what was the, the gladiators American gladiators similar to that. Yeah. To the American gladiators, which I haven't even watched. I looked up some clips on YouTube to try to get an idea and it was like a very dated, show oh you watch and, that's the uh, best one that's the, guy, yeah, or maybe no. I was, yeah, that's the one i grew up with it's so good that's kind of i watched some of it and i was like is that what we're gonna be doing like wow that's kind of like still an idea um but we uh then they carted us all out there in september and i'm trying to think they did interviews for a couple days they wanted to do interviews and b-roll and we got to try on these fancy outfits that they'd made or the you know custom outfits and then it was finally the first night for filming came and I was supposed to film on the second night. So the first night came and they had called, I think like, like eight, 12, 16 people maybe that they van, you know, picked up in vans and brought out to the set and still like nobody had any idea. Um, but yeah, they came back from filming that night. A lot of us were like waiting up and we were like, oh man, it's huge. It's so big. There's, you know, all the pyro, the pyro stuff, the fireworks stuff, whatever going off. And they were all pumped and excited. And I was just sitting there like, oh dang, like this is way, this is way over my head. Um, but I went and filmed the next night. And my first, um, my first competition was the Herculean pole. And I went against this girl that, had gotten a call from The Rock, which they called like six, or maybe they called eight people, or The Rock called eight people. And um, so I think they were kind of the ones that they thought like, oh, these are the ones that are gonna you know, do well. These are the cool people. Uh, anyways, I went against her and I had I'd found her on Instagram a little while before and was like, she's done American Ninja Warrior and she's a CrossFitter, like she's good at everything. I sure hope I don't have to go up against her. But then, of course, she was the first one I went against. Um, anyway, so we did the Herculean pull. They switched our obstacle at the last minute for reasons. Uh, they, She said she was scared of heights. So they switched our challenge from one that I was excited about to this one, which she was really excited about. Um, what? But, that's, yeah. I that's so lame. You can't. It's, it should it. be like, oh, you're scared of heights? Then you're definitely doing oh. this one. Tough, you know, tough stuff tough stuff there oh yeah I was pissed I don't know if I should talk about it but like I was really pissed especially because she was all like worried and scared about it I had spent the whole evening like oh she is all in her head like we were probably pretty evenly matched but I was less in my head and I was like this is going to be fun and because they had brought us out and let us try out this challenge and she was doing okay but like definitely like psyching herself out but that's like part of competing. And so right. <laughs> I was spending the whole night, we were going to be like the last ones of the night. And I was spending the whole night like, oh, this is going to be great. Like, this is a fun, you know, it's going to, it's fun. It's big. And I think I have a good chance, which, you know, I initially did not think I had a good chance. And then they called us out, like, 
I think it was like two two rounds, you know, two set there were two sets of people left. And they call us out and they're like, You have your hair and makeup done, okay, like come on out. And they said that she had spoken to the psychologist and because they had a psychologist there. And it was apparently not her call, it was the psychologist's call that because she was she had said she was scared of heights, but it was they deemed it like unsafe, like she might hurt herself. And so they decided to switch us to the other challenge. And they said like you can watch these people do it. There was this pair of girls that was going to go up and do it. You can watch it. And then uh, they let you touch the, uh, I don't know, it was, it was basically a, an upright wedge. And they had four silver poles, two on each side, and then one gold pole in the center. Did you watch this episode? I, I did watch that part, yeah. And you pull the poles out, right? It's like heavy, they're like heavy logs, did right? Did you watch this episode, Evan? of the the first round yeah i did yeah it's basically um, heavy logs that you have to pull out of this this giant wedge right and then the last one's like a tug of war yeah yeah right so they were you know 100 pound poles and there were certain parts of the challenges that they would let us touch and then others you know they you can't touch that you have to just figure that out but their thing was like it's tv we want it to look good so you know get familiar with it at least have an idea of what you're gonna do so you don't you know just look lost out there anyway so they let us they let us watch a round of people do it and then they let us come out and um, pull the uh, lower poles out a little ways and then practice like running up to the gold pole because it was all like foam and, you know, it was all, you know, safety and stuff. So, it was, you know, the the, uh, the um, stuff you're running across was foam padding and whatever. So I actually went out there and tried it and I was still like, this is, I was like, this is not cool. Um, she was excited, but I was definitely not. Anyways, yeah, we went out there and I pulled out my, you know, we started and some girls were going to the same pole and like starting a tug of war on the tug of war on the lower ones. Um, but we went to opposite sides. I pulled out my first one and then pulled out my second and ran up to the gold pole and like she wasn't at it yet. So I started pulling it and then I thought I felt resistance and I was like, okay, she's up here now. It's going to be tug of war. She is like three times muscle mass that I have. Um, but right before they started, they had said, like, we're not sure if Christiana will have the grip strength. And I heard that. I heard the commentators say that. And I was like, oh, they don't even know. Like, grip strength is the one thing I do have. Anyways, so it was when I felt that resistance, I thought, like, oh, she's up here. But then I heard her second silver pole drop. And I realized she's not even up. Like, I got to get this all the way through. And it hits a, a lever at the back, which is how you win. Anyways, so won that one and then after that we went to Mount Olympus and Mount Olympus is a series of uh, I think it's four four challenges up you basically go up this three or four story um mountain side of a mountain it's like a big ramp basically you go up it and there's challenges on the way up you come back down and then you have to drag a stone a massive concrete ball across the the stage floor with a um sledgehammer attached to it and you have to sledgehammer through several pavers to get to a uh, a relic a big t for titan and you have to run up and stick it into your um i don't know what your podium i guess you have to stick it in your podium and twist it and then that causes all your fibers to go off anyway so the way up was you start in the center of the arena and it's a they said it was a thousand foot wall, but you basically had to like rock it back and forth to knock it over. And then there were three gates, I think they were calling them, but basically like weighted, weighted 
like huge grates on rollers that you have to push up and they stack up to each other. I think they're maybe a hundred pounds each or something to where they, you know, they add weight as you go up and you had to push them up to a point to where you could get out. There was a, you know, a little um, notch in the wall to where you get out. You had to go up five rolling barrels. And um, so these barrels like rolled as you tried to jump over them five rolling barrels and then uh, which I think was the neatest part was a um <coughs> it was a drywall a 12 foot tall drywall that you had to punch your own um hand and foot grips foot footholds hand grips into and climb up to get to the top lever level and then um at the top level there's a uh crank where you have to uh crank with a you have to crank a rope up and base and lift a torch up and when the torch reaches the top it lights and once that torch lights you can head back down and so there were like three big slides that or, or slide and then a wall that you slid back down the mountain and then it was that a pulling the concrete ball so I went in I went on that one against a obstacle course racer who had actually gotten second at the ultra beast that I got third at and I'd seen her name but I'd never met her before so I met her, she's from California, really neat. Um, and I was obviously like, she's like, she has all of my same strengths. Like I don't have anything on her. Um, and we, but I made it up faster than her. I think she, she had a little bit of difficulty on the, I think I got through the, the gates, the initial gates faster than she did. I was just a little bit faster than her the whole way up. Got back down, but I was having a hard time pulling this concrete ball. And she came down there and just manhandled it and dragged it right across. Like I was probably halfway across the arena when she got down to the concrete ball and we both got to the pavers or the, you know, the boxes with the T inside at about the same time. And I was, I think I won by like seconds. It was supposedly like the, the I think one of the closest competitions of the, or of Mount Olympus, something like that. So I barely, barely won by the skin of my teeth there and that moved me on to the next round um yes, we at, after you hit mount olympus after you win mount olympus you become a titan and so there were eight female titans and eight male titans and then so it was basically an elimination style tournament where basically if you lose one you get you get bumped out so you started off with what 32 people total you think you, i believe you said at the beginning of the yeah pod? there were 32 people in the pool and then, uh, you know, after that initial round, it's down to 16. And then those 16 go to Mount Olympus. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the eight winners from that are then Titans. And after that, the Titans then go back to the challenges. Um, so they, they might have, I think they pulled out a couple new challenges, but they also just used some of the old ones, some of the ones that had already been done. Um, and those, so those eight females, eight males paired up against each other again and narrow each other down. Um, I made it through that selection and made it to the top four, which I think they considered the semifinals. And then from the semifinals, there's, you know, four guys, four gals, then they narrow it down to two. And then those two, the, you know, the two final pairs go up on Mount Olympus again. And it's a little bit harder than it was the first round. And the winner of that is the winner of the show. Yeah. So spoiler alert. I got knocked out on the. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Go I got it. knocked out. On, I made it through when there were the eight people. 
I made it through um, my obstacles. They had, I think it was five, five or six um, upright poles, or pillars, pillars that, um, and you stand, and they're in a circle, and you stand in the middle. There's six of them, maybe. And you stand in the middle, and using a massive concrete ball that's hung from this hung from you know up above it's hung from a rope you use a rope on the other side to basically swing it around and i don't even know what you would call that but um swing around and as it hits the you have to swing it around a certain direction and as it hits that concrete the the big pillar the pillar is on a uh, hinge and so it knocks over um so there were i think there might have been five pillars but uh Made it on that one, I think just by a pillar or two, and moved into the top four. And then the top four is when my challenge was, I don't even know what they called it now. I dislike it. I try to block it out of my memory. <laughs> um, but this one was, you basically, uh, you had to lift up three weighted boxes to, boxes to access a sledgehammer. And then you had to use the sledgehammer to pound in basically this this big um ramming what do you call it like a, a ramming log ramming battering something. ram battering ram yeah that one i think that's what the obstacle is called too um so you had to this battering ram was it was uh suspended and you had to there were two points where you had to basically like hammer in something that would release the rope and you would release both ends of the battering ram and then use that to try to break through these huge wooden doors. And uh, she got through the wooden doors before I did. It seems like the competition is so versatile and there's so many unique challenges. Like if you had a chance to go back on the show, what would you do differently to prepare or could you do anything differently? You just kind of have to take it in stride. I think you absolutely have to just take it in stride. And I think that may have been somewhat of an advantage to me because, you know, on obstacle courses, you have no idea what's coming next. Like you have a general idea of maybe what your obstacles are, but you're just like, you know, running along this trail, coming upon an obstacle, figuring out how to complete it, completing it and moving on. And going into the time games kind of with that attitude of like, I have no idea what to expect, but I know I'm fit. I know I'm capable of, you know, whatever I put my mind to, um, there's a good chance I can get through it. So all of these challenges, we, most of them, we did not see until the night we competed. It was all filmed at night. So we didn't see until the night we competed. There were definitely, you know, there were athletes from all different, um, disciplines and a lot of them were freaking out about competing at night and not being warmed up. And, you know, how are you supposed to train for this? Like, and it's the kind of things you can't train for any of it you can train your muscles so much, like in a gym, lifting your regular weights, whatever, but you cannot train mentally for that. Or it's hard to train mentally for something like that. You can't train mentally for that just by going to the gym and working out getting strong. And this was so much, like it was absolutely very physical, but a lot of it was also mental. And, you know, seeing this huge, big, grandiose thing, understanding how it's supposed to be completed and trying to figure out like, okay, how do I get through this in the most efficient way? and you know the fastest most efficient way um so i guess training for it i would have liked to be stronger i think being a little bit stronger would have been an advantage um but besides that i think you know, the mental game was 
a huge, I, the mental game is the only way that I made it that far for sure. Um, the mental game is just enough. It is just, it's just that like extra, like, I think I got it. I can do this. Like I can push this hard for this long. And, um, I think that's how I've made it as far as I have in general. I don't come into it with a lot of experience. I don't come into it with any kind of strength or speed advantage, but I have a, a or I've always had like a can do attitude. Like I can do that and I'm going to do it the best that I can. Um, so I think that served me well in it. Uh, I definitely would like to be stronger. I think being stronger is geared towards So being stronger would have helped, but. Well, that's awesome. I think that was a great answer. Uh, I loved all, loved all those points. And it sounds like you're right. You, that mental attitude really took you farther than some of the athletes who were maybe faster or stronger than you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can see it even on that first challenge where the one girl essentially quits before it even starts. So technically she should have been eliminated beforehand. In right. my opinion. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So before I want to start wrapping things up, but I want to have a couple more questions. So take me through like a week in your training life um, as you prep for. So, yeah. Week in my training life. Um, I, I mean, I work out at Grit Fitness, which is a gym here in the area. Um, I, they've really taken me in and I have had, I had zero coaching of any kind before this. And so coming into it, like I've never trained as an athlete before. And the owner, Kenny has been really, um, I guess he sees potential in me and wants to, you know, I, I came to him and I told him, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm decently good at these, but I want to be really good. I have no idea how to get there. Um, so they do a lot of, I've, you know, I've gotten really involved there, and they do a lot of basic um, wads. They'll do, you know, just good, um, what do you call it? Um, what's cro- What kind of discipline is CrossFit? I mean, um, it's like its own discipline. Uh, functional fitness, a lot of people call functional it. Functional fitness. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to call. So it's a, yeah, it's like functional fitness. So I'll do several of the workouts a week. Uh, I coach several days, so I'll do the workout then. So I do several like functional fitness, just whatever. Um, it's a lot of body weight, kettlebells, sandbags. Um, but they're really like good full body conditioning and enjoyable. Um, Kenny will write extra workouts for me. Um, which we haven't been doing a whole lot of lately because I've been kind of down. Um, my knee has been, I couldn't run for like the past month. Finally just got back to running like a week ago. But ideally I'd be doing some of these extra workouts that he'll write for me that are um, more focused on OCR. Uh, we don't have any hills here. So training for hills, we either run the mile long bridge to the beach that kind of, you know, it's a mile long, half a mile up, half a mile down. We'll do that we run on the sand some too but, um we also just do a lot of leg strength stuff so we'll do lunges we'll do sled pulls sled pushes um just the kind of stuff that will get me ready for i don't race on mountains a whole lot but when i do i've always felt really well prepared for it so that's working um running wise we'll do a speed workout on the track um once a week this is like our official running plan, I guess, is a speed workout. And then we have a, a like mid-distance, mid-speed, I guess kind of faster, um, run or several throughout the week. 
and then we'll normally try to do a long run on Saturday or Sunday. And that's, we, uh, most Saturdays try to run for two hours in the morning. Um, that like early, early morning on the bridge and on the beach. Cause that's all we have here. Um, so I'll try to do a long run. We also, on the weekends, we have these OCR stims that the gym will do. It's basically you run about a third of a mile, a little lap that we have around the, you know, on the, it's around a baseball field, but uh, we'll run a lap and then come into the gym and do either an obstacle or like a, a workout station. So we'll either do like lunges down the turf and back, or we'll do, sometimes we'll do 30 burpees. And in between each of those, we're going to run a lap. So we'll do like seven laps. And it's basically, it's kind of the equivalent of a Spartan sprint where you're running about three to five miles and doing obstacles every third of a mile. So at our gym, we have a big monkey bars, we have rings, they built a twister, they have a, uh, like the Olympus at Spartan. They also have a Z wall or traverse wall, like they have at Spartan. Um, we have an eight foot wall, we have warped walls, kind of, we have a pegboard, we have like everything, you you know, a lot of those basic um, obstacles. So they have two of those on Saturday. And a lot of times I'll try to do both of them and get in, you know, six to 10 miles with obstacles in between. But I guess that's not really, that's not really part of the training for me. Like those are the fun ones. Um, but the training ones, we try to do the speed, a mid distance, or kind of depends on the week um, and the long run. Well, sounds great. I mean, that's, pretty much right up the alley of what I would recommend, you know, VO two max sprint distance workout once a week, uh, aerobic run that's long at once a week, and then kind of a lactic threshold, kind of faster paced, uh, kind of in between the two distances. Run on top of that obstacle specificity, right? So doing obstacles and transitioning back to running and back and forth. So, yeah. Oh yeah. That's Uh, huge. And every time I do those sims, I really like racing. Like I, I only train so that I can't race because I love to race and I love competing. Like, race weekends are my favorite. I, I just love, I love the atmosphere. I love the competitiveness and I love the, the feeling of racing. Um, so every, like for me, the Sims are like that high of like, it reminds me of like, okay, this is why I put in the work and seeing, especially seeing the progress and feeling better during those runs and all that. Those are my, those are my fun. Like this is why I train. <laughs> um, awesome. So, yeah. Now, we talked a little bit about earlier, the grit games. And since we were talking about grit fitness, uh-huh. tell us a little bit about that and kind of when they are this year and what that yeah. entails. Um, so the grit games is a competition that grit fitness OCR put together and it is a obstacle or it's an OCR specific competition. Um, last year was our first year and it was a really great competition. Good turnout. And this year is definitely going to be even better. It is, the first weekend in August, and it's basically, I think it's similar to last year. I'm not entirely sure what they have up their sleeve, but last year it had um, five events that kind of focused on each, um, or each focused on a different specific, OCR specific, um, I don't know what you, skill? strength, skill, yeah, there you go. So one of them was, let me see if I can remember them. Uh, there was a strength one, and strength was uh, it was a lot of butt carries over the shoulders, um, her coist, 
And basically all of that put into, I kind of forget how it was formatted, but anyways, they had, oh, uh, yeah. So they, it had very like strength specific um, uh, aspects of it. And that was put into a, like a basic workout, I guess, uh, but it timed and um, they had strength, they had speed. I forget what speed one was. For one of them we did, um, it's a, I guess a, a Yancey camp workout, the Burp 400, where you run 400 meters and come in and um, do as many burpees as you can. Or you, I guess you set the timer for three minutes, go out and run 400 meters, then come in and do as many burpees as you can before the three minutes is up, when that three minutes is up, restart the timer, go to it again, um, and your score is the burpees. So I think that, that was the endurance one. So that was the endurance event was basically running and burpees and trying to get the highest score. They had a, um, um, whatever the, what would grip be? Um, whatever a skill would fall under. I can't, I can't, I'm kind of drawing a blank on what the events were, but they had built a 60 foot rig with a salmon ladder, some monkey bars, a floating bridge, um, a cargo net, like a um, horizontal cargo net, and then I think a stairway to heaven. It ended with twister. So that was their um, grip specific event, and you were you're scored on how far you can get and how fast. Um, that's kind of, oh, and then at the end, they had a basically OCR sim where you went and ran a lap, came in and did an obstacle, ran a lap, came in and did an obstacle. So that was the final one. I might be missing one, but that's about, that's about what I'm recalling right now. Um, and it was a really, really neat event that focused on all the different aspects and your score was added up throughout the day based on how well you did in those. Um, so really... Uh, I guess like all inclusive, um, every every skill got it, or every person kind of got a chance to shine in like their specific whatever they're good at. Um, and it was really fun. It was cash prizes, team options as well. A lot of people at the gym aren't super competitive, like tried an OCR or two, or whatever, but they were able to come and do teams and you know split the workouts up, so it wasn't one person doing an entire workout or. Um, and then there were also competitive teams that really went all out and got to, you know, um, team up. So that is the great games. And they also had, oh yeah, they had an open, an elite, and a child children's. So a lot of there's a lot of kids that come to the gym and train, and they were all able to compete. And they had really neat um, medals, and then the trophies for first place were these uh, basically like a rhino bust trophy which is really cool. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the great games. Yeah, it sounds like a really fun event. And I like all the different kind of breaking out the obstacles, specific skills into different events and giving everyone a chance to shine. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to start wrapping it up. Um, before we go, any final shout outs you want to give to friends, family, sponsors, et cetera? I shout out to Matt, my now husband. We just got married a couple weeks ago, and he uh, he puts up with a lot of a lot from me, a lot of last minute travel, a lot of 
runs that may interfere with uh, what time he would rather spend doing other things. And he cooks a lot for me. So thankful for Matt and then also for Grit Fitness. And um, Kenny, the owner, is coaching me. And I would definitely not be where I am today if it were not for them. And that's about as far it goes with uh, sponsors. I'm thinking about picking up, trying to find other sponsors. But, yeah, Gritness has really been uh, been my introduction and my biggest support in OCR and this leasing world. So that's about it. Cool. And I What's guess that? I'm, I'm, I'm really, I really enjoy also the friends aspect, like all the people that we've met through OCR. And there's somebody of every, every flavor, but makes it interesting. And uh, so yeah, I really love the, the people side of OCR too, I guess. Sounds like you got a great support system going there, uh, backing you up with between Grit Fitness and your husband. And congratulations on getting married recently. Let's go. Good yeah, stuff. thank you. Thank you. For the listeners, we are sold out of Blegmits, the three millimeter ones, for those of you who are picking up gloves for toughest mutter or ultra beast or any of the other cold weather ocrs or endurance ocrs but we do have bleg mitt lights so bleg mitt lights are the one millimeter gloves the regular bleg mitts are three millimeters so these ones are a little bit lighter but i think they're better for you know the non-ultra ocr races so those are now on sale um we send them in from australia so they kind of come in waves we probably won't get regular bleg mitts in until probably like july when the next shipment comes in which uh, which bleg mitts did you use for World's Tough Mudder last year, and did they serve you well, or did you use bleg mitts? So I, I used the I used last year's model bleg mitts, which are vastly inferior to the two models that are out now. Yeah. Um, okay. So the last but year's model was two mil- about them. And Yeah, last year's model was two. Everybody, basically everybody died at the World's Toughest Mudder, but everybody also talked very highly about bleg mitts. So got to be uh, something to them. Yeah, I mean they're they're amazing. I mean they're designed by World Toughest Mudder champion Deanna Blegg, right? who does adventure racing too. So she like she knows what works and what doesn't. She tests stuff. So um, yeah, they're like I said, they're they're sent in from Australia, so uh, we get them in waves. And one millimeter, I have plenty of small, medium, and large. And the three millimeter, I have I'm out. So. Other than that, uh, Mud Run Guides Ultimate OCR bucket list. So if you want to hear about a variety of different races, uh, kind of like Chris was talking about earlier on this episode. Uh, that book has over 100 event types that's now available from teamstrengthspeed.com. You can pick that up. And then I just put out my newest book for pre-order, which uh, I'm not going to talk about yet, but if you want to get a good look at it, you can go over and check it out on the uh, teamstrengthspeed.com website. And uh, that new book that's coming out, which will be out at the end of the month, all the profits from that go to charity, uh, charity folds of honor. So check that out if you have time. And, um, that's about it. Chris, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And I will see you. I don't know. I'll see you at some race this year. Nor am if I don't see you before then. Yep. There we go. All right. right. Thanks. Thank you.